Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Welcome to Cinnabuds from Milwaukee Film. I'm Christopher Pollard. I'm Dory Zori from 88.9. And this week on Cinnabuds, we are talking about the film Women Talking. Why does love, the absence of love, the end of love, the need for love, result in so much violence? Women Talking is the newest film from director Sarah Polly, and it is about a group of women in this sort of isolated religious colony that have to struggle and have this conversation to reconcile their faith with a series of assaults committed by the colony's men. This movie is based off a novel by Miriam Toes, a Canadian author. This is based on a real-life story of a colony in Bolivia and the information around it. And I just need to say, before we get too far into it, Kay Polly and I just saw this movie a couple hours ago. Yes. And it's a lot to process. (laughs) For sure. It is vulnerable. It is intense. It's powerful. It might have the best acting ensemble in any movie I've seen. Yeah, it's an incredible group of actors, yeah. Written and directed by Sarah Polly, who I think is really just, this movie could have gone wrong in so many different directions or went off the rails, but she, I think, nailed it. Like, I love this movie. I'm just going to say it right now. I loved it. It was very hard to watch, but it also had moments of levity. Yeah, which were very interesting. I want to talk more about those moments of levity in the podcast for sure, because they were very interesting ones. But yeah, this was masterfully done. Considering the subject matter, mm-hmm. she still was able to make this poetic and lovely in parts, even when you're talking about absolutely grisly things. Mm-hmm. The filmmaking did not go unnoticed in this at all. The filmmaking was beautiful. I think, you know, a lot of it took place. It isn't a big action movie. It's literally about women talking. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the title is so, it's metaphorical. It's what actually happens throughout the course of the movie. And really the power of what can happen when women who are coming at a really difficult issue from all different kinds of points of view and through their own life experiences end up making some really tough decisions. And really the theme of the movie, Christopher, they said it, do nothing, stay and fight or leave. Yeah, I liked how they foregrounded that very seamlessly at the beginning. It immediately, in my head, I'm like, those three things I remember now. Yeah. yeah, And you really can apply this to a lot of different things in life, right? Yeah. There's always different paths you can take. And it's a really thoughtful movie. I think in the podcast, though, we want to make sure that we have, if you listen to the full podcast, this could be a little triggering for people yeah. that have a hard time listening to content about sexual violence. We will also have a resource guide link in our Instagram for you if you need any kind of help at all. Absolutely. So please check that out and stick with us into the podcast. We're going to talk a lot more about this fascinating movie. Do you want to know the secret behind the programming you love? It's all funded by the honor system. As a public radio station, we're based on a very simple model. We try to do something meaningful, connecting with you through music and stories. And then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support. Are you one of them? Show your support by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org and joining today. All right, we're back. 
Can I start off this with one of my favorite quotes of the movie? Please, I was going to ask you to do that. Why does love, the absence of love, the end of love, the need for love result in so much violence? I This movie has so many great lines. Like moments to hold on to like that. Mm-hmm. It instantly made me want to go, oh, I have to read this book. Like even when a little bit of the narration at the beginning, it's so beautifully and heart-wrenchingly written. But yeah, that quote in particular really stands out. Going back to the narration part, it was narrated with the voice of a young girl, and she's basically talking about her ancestors. And so it's clear, like I had a little bit of solace that this whoever this girl grew up to be um, survived, but it wasn't clear that anyone else in this movie is going to make it to the end. And yeah. that put me on the edge of my seat the whole entire time. Oh, for sure. There were so <laughs> many things that kept me on the edge of my seat in this movie. And this is not a thriller. Like, I'm not, we're describing it like it's a thriller. It is a very smart, character driven, socially aware, oh, I think they call them salon dramas. I might be making that Ooh. up, where it's just sort of all in one space for the most part. You see a bit around the barn that they're talking in, and they go out and, you know, at the end and that kind of thing. But it all essentially is one space where all the characters interact. And yet, there's still so much tension, mm-hmm. not only because of the subject matter they're talking about, but you're like, the men. The fascinating thing to me was that you never see the men that they're talking about. You really don't. You see a, a shadowy figure of some of the men, but they don't really give them that kind of screen time. Although there is one man in this movie. Yes. He is fantastic. He is brought in as the women are trying to talk about what to do as the men who were assaulting the women are getting released from jail and coming back to the community. And he was just there to keep notes. And what's that actor's name? Ben Wishaw. Whoa. He's the perfect person to play yeah. this because he played it with such beauty and respect that it reminded me of a lot of men in my life. Oh, that's lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's if you have a lucky. man in your life like this character, you are a lucky person. Yes. But this character is like an aspirational character, right. really. For the men watching, this is like you don't see the bad men. Right. They're off in the distance. Mm-hmm. They're talked about. I was worried we were going to see them. And that was what I was talking about, that tension. Like, oh. I'm worried that we're going to see them. And I hated the idea of that because I thought it would spoil what was happening, which the filmmaker clearly knew. And that's why she didn't do it, which is brilliant because there's that fear of them. But there's also that, like, you know, you don't get a space in this film. Mm-hmm. This is about women talking. Yeah. And then, like you said, the one man that they do have there is not of that ilk. No, I so mean... So it made you feel a little bit comfortable amongst all the discomfort. It was so cool because he was there in the movie and in the novel to take notes, right, of yeah. what these women are discussing and kind of keep the he was that the history. Teacher. The school teacher. Yeah. He was the only one that actually could write or read, which, yeah. you know, when they started talking about that in the beginning of the movie and it's a community that clearly is very isolated, you can't gauge, like, what decade is this happening yeah. in? And... At one point, you find out it's 2010. Right. And then my mind is blown even more that there's still a little sex of people where the women are not allowed to write or read or learn or go to school. And they're just there to serve the men and raise children. Yeah. 
But yeah, so that was a little horrifying, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but I also don't want to like poo-poo on anyone's religion. Right. I think everyone should have the freedom to do whatever they want as long as it's not really harmful to other people. But that's not what this religion was about, unfortunately. Right. And the great thing is within this, they're discussing that exact freedom. Like we can still have faith, but we don't have to have it with these sets of rules that are imposed upon us, which is really interesting forward-thinking ideas that were coming up from a very backward-thinking situation. Mm-hmm. But another one of those really great moments of amazing dialogue was when one of the older members of this of this group was talking about what if they tell the men to leave? Oh, right. And she said something so wonderful. She said, we don't tell them pass the salt. We don't say yeah. rub our backs as we're birthing we your children. We don't ask them to open the curtains. We don't ask them to do anything. It'd be funny if this is the first thing that we ask them is to leave. And it's such a poignant part, but it was one of those moments of levity that everyone starts laughing because mm-hmm. of this. And it was laughing because of tension, but also laughing because that's just a funny idea. And then we laughed too, which I feel like we really needed. And so if you're okay with seeing an intense movie, there are moments that will make you appreciate being there. I definitely think you should watch it with somebody because this is a hard one to watch on your own. Yeah. But I really do love that line a lot. The dialogue, there's not a lot of movies where, like, you think, oh, man, they could have cut that out or that was a waste of whatever that character's line was. Like, everything in there was purposeful. And the director, she's really good also at nonverbal acting, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think there were so many characters in there where they weren't even talking, but they would just pan over to, like, the teenage girls. Right. You know, at first, it's like they showed those two bonding and just being girls and being silly and then throughout the course of this movie and the conversation you see them I don't know almost like growing up in a way in front of you I don't want to give away a whole lot same same but I just can't stress how masterful all of the touches in this movie were not only the editing of it the place that they were in Mm -hmm. the costumes and everything the cast you have here you've got Rooney Mara Claire Foy Jesse Buckley who has been like in the last like five years nominated so many times and she's so young and she's broken out she's doing amazing stuff she was in men uh with that very scary creepy film that came out last year and then another film with olivia coleman thank coleman. you olivia <laughs> coleman it's not called the daughter it's i'm blanking on it but uh ben wishaw and then you have a couple of character actors like but you never know character actors names mm-hmm. but you would know them if you saw them judith ivy who's the one that gave the great speech about this would be funny if this is the first thing we ask is them from the lead. And then Sheila McCarthy, who plays Greta, these two women who have been doing incredible character actor work, and they get a real shining moments in this film. They absolutely do. The yeah. three elder women in this movie couldn't have been more different. Frances oh, yeah, I forgot McDermott. to mention Fran- Frances McDormand. Wait, what was her name? Scarface Jans. Scarface Jans, yeah. Ooh, she was good, and she didn't have to say a lot. I was actually just reading um, some reviews online, and someone was saying... She seemed like an afterthought. Why was she even in there? And I just totally oh, disagree. No, yeah. She bookended this movie in such an interesting way because she shows up at the beginning, mm-hmm. says her piece leaves, and then a moment or two at the end where it was very important. Yeah, I think she's actually a producer on the movie too, yeah, which also makes sense that she'd want to be a part of the project. 
but not the main character, right? Not the driving yeah. force behind it. But the other really cool thing without giving anything away, I think, you know, issues around sexual assault and violence within your own colony, and I want to talk to you about what it means, colony yeah. means to you, is so hard because it's so complicated, right? There's people that just are mad and angry. There's people that want to forgive. There's people that are so hurt and broken, they don't know how to deal with it. And all the women just coming at solving this problem and what to do next from their own points of view and actually really listening to each other, I thought was such a good takeaway from this because I think yeah. a lot of time when you come at somebody and you're hurt so much, you don't open your ears to listen to what the other person says. And they would have never gotten to this conclusion if they were just all talking over each other without open hearts, Yeah, which I think women are really, really good at doing. I was amazed by the conversation that's had in any movie you see. The main problem is people communicate terribly. Mm -hmm. Like you wouldn't have a movie if they just, oh, I'm just going to tell you how I feel. Or let me just explain what happened. That can't happen in a regular movie. They don't talk to people like you actually talk to people. Because you wouldn't have a movie otherwise. In this situation, that's so much healthy communication, mm -hmm. which should not make on paper for a good movie. Right. I mean, there are characters who are communicating unhealthily, of course, and for good reason. And you kind of dig in and find out the reason, which is so smart. But it was amazing how many people like rose above a situation, rose outside the frustration and anger, and then approached it. In such a healthy way. I'm laughing right now because it's so absurd for a movie to do that. And it that nailed That is still it. thrilling. Yes. And intense and emotional, even while you're healthily communicating. Yeah. It's it, absurd. I feel, like, I feel like I learned something from this movie yeah. about the way the women communicated with each other. And that's always a good thing. You know, this isn't a movie just for women. Like you said, I think there's a lot of really great things that men can take away from it. For me, it's powerful to see women communicating, sticking up for each other and trying to solve problems. From your point of view, like what was your favorite thing about this movie? Like you don't have to be a woman to no, in dig fact, this movie. I think all men should watch this movie. I mean, I'm a man. I'm watching this movie about terrible men. There's just this drive in me like, please let me be Ben Wishaw. He's the good man. But yeah, I mean, never having approached violence and anything like that, still it's that thing where, like, you're giving us a bad name. Mm -hmm. Why do all these people do these terrible things and then ruin it for all of us? Mm -hmm. Not just men, obviously. <laughs> they're very much ruining it for women. But, like, we all men carry that specter of violence, whether we have it in us or not. Mm -hmm. Men definitely can connect to this as a, mm -hmm. not just a cautionary tale, but, like, understanding what, we all want women, women or men like peaceful coexistence. Don't impose yourself. There was a moment actually when someone said something to Ben Wishaw at the end, his face instantly <sighs> contorts into crying. That got me more than almost anything in the movie because I was watching it as a man mm -hmm. being like, you're responding to me as a respected person. Right. Showing your humanity. Yeah. Well, and if you have kids too, especially young boys, I think they made some really interesting points oh, yeah. about what the struggles are sometimes for boys when they're growing up and they're in this awkward like preteen, early teenage years and how they're able to respond to all this stimulus and all this violence that comes at them and what's expected of them yeah. at an early age. And I just thought that part was really beautiful and sad and like 
it gutted me and it also made me hopeful that really like everybody starts out as just someone's kid as a baby and what happens from there is really you know I don't know I guess the luck of the draw a lot of times I do want to quickly touch on the brief moments of humor in this movie I think this was so clever the way those were worked in any kind of heavy movie typically you have these moments of levity to kind of break it up and they do have those but the way I thought she used them was amazing there's a couple light moments where one of the little kids as a joke says oh I can't take it anymore and jumps out the window of this tall barn and everyone rushes to the window and then you realize she's just put a big pile of hay there and everyone kind of laughs and then another joke about like well what if they don't do what we say and then someone says well we'll, I'll kill them and then there's a big smile as if that's a joke both of those are great examples of there's a funny little moment, but they both speak to the tension mm-hmm. that these women are going through at the same time as breaking the tension. They're speaking about the tension in those jokes. And there's another one made later, kind of similarly. And I thought that is a subtle and beautiful and funny way to integrate those. Like I'm overwhelmed by how impressive all of these details were woven into this movie. I mean, that's really the greatest part of humanity, right? Like in the worst of times, if you can just put a little levity in there and, you know, it just kind of took people out of the moment that they were in and able to refocus on what they actually were trying to do, which is make plans on what their future is going to look like. Which it, is do nothing, stay and fight, or leave. We're not yeah. going to tell you what they decided. That's true. You're going to have to true. check you gotta, it out yourself. You've got to see the movie. It's very impressive. Now, we've talked a lot about music and movies recently, and I didn't notice that there was a background movie score that much. I am going to watch this movie yeah. several times, probably because it was yeah. that good. But um, there's one song yeah. that came up over that I'll never stop thinking about and associated with this. And it's a song from the monkeys of all songs. So if you haven't seen this movie yet, let us know, I guess what you think about that song when it comes on. And why do you think they picked that one? I know that is interesting because that was around the time where I was trying to guess what the time period was. Yes. And that was, to me, the first clue, mm-hmm. but then it ended up being, oh, that's a very different uh, era. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, it's 60s, late 60s, yeah. early 70s, but then, nope, nope, 2010. I know. Yeah, that was a fascinating use of that song, and they ended it in the credits as well, which is really good. You don't have to be interested in super religious conservative <laughs> communities to be interested in the subject matter, but the term colony came up over and over again. And as I was driving back here to talk about this, I thought, you know, I have a colony. I don't live in a super religious conservative colony, but I have a colony. It's my own people. Oh, gotcha. Which I thought was really, really cool. Because sometimes, I don't know, I'm turned off by seeing movies because I think I'm not going to like the subject matter because it's set in a certain era or, but really they did a good job of weaving the story around where you can just about anyone you know can probably relate to the subject matter. I think so too. This is not a surprise for me because I've seen a couple of Sarah Polly's films and she's really impressive, but it was definitely, I didn't fully understand what I was about to watch. Mm -hmm. I knew roughly what it was and I didn't realize how different it was going to be from what I thought. And uh, so this totally took me by surprise in a way that was wonderful. I feel like this is going to be heavily overlooked in award season. Oscars are still to come, so let's cross your fingers they get recognized for this. Sounds good. I will I will throw in my vote, which no yeah. one's asking for at the <laughs> <Yeah>. Oscars. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, 
two big thumbs up to watching women talking. Absolutely. If you can see it in a theater, I think it's still playing. Yeah, absolutely. It's playing at the Oriental Theater currently. And uh, check your local listings, as they say. And take your buddy. Someone, again, this is one of those movies where if you can spend some time afterwards going to get some pie or french fries together and downloading your feelings, great. Otherwise, just give yourself like 10 minutes at the end to hug everybody (laughs) before you get in your car to go home by yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Call your mom. To go out on a lighter note... Mm -hmm. We should talk about what else have we been watching? Ooh, so I'm a little behind the times here, but we just started watching 1899. Oh, I've heard of it, but I don't really know anything about it. (laughs) Usually, Millen, my husband, is the one that picks new stuff that we watch because I'll watch anything. Yeah. Whatever quality. And (laughs) he was like, I'm looking for this thing. And I said, well, I'm also looking for this thing. I don't know what it's called. I don't remember what it's about, but it just looked trippy. And when he found it and started it, trippy is a perfect thing to say about 1899. The only thing I really knew about it is that people were sad that I think a second season wasn't renewed. I believe it's on Netflix. Have you heard of this? Do you know what I'm talking about? It's a series that is immigrants on a steamship traveling from London to New York get caught up in a mysterious riddle after finding a second vessel adrift on an open sea. It is a mystery. It's a little bit of like horror. I don't know how historical it is, like as far as being accurate. Right. But it definitely is like a supernatural kind of fictional story, which I love that oh, that's so much. interesting because I've seen the title and I don't know what image I saw, but for some reason I immediately discounted it because I didn't realize what it was about. But now that you've explained it. An old steamship, maybe. You're <laughs> yeah, like, what like, do I care about I this? I don't need to see some I historic. saw a Titanic already. <laughs> yeah, I know. But no, that sounds a lot more fascinating than I thought it was. I don't really know much about the director. I haven't really dug into that. I've just been enjoying. I think we're on like episode six of eight. But the cool thing is, you know, you have to watch. It's not one of those series you can put on in the background. There's a lot of different languages being spoken with subtitles and then a lot of really subtle things that happen. But because it is a little supernatural, they take some leeway with the storytelling and the visuals, which always like is fun. That's where the trippy part comes in. Perfect. I'll definitely check that out. That sounds great. 1899. (laughs) Like old-timey minor all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, oh, you're prospecting? <laughs> what about you? Well, I saw something that I was very hesitant about because I loved the original, but it ended up being great. Matilda the Musical. <gasps> I want to see that. It's pretty good. I actually saw Matilda for the first time just a couple of years ago. Mm. I was a late arrival to it. What do you think about I, Well, the original immediately became one of my favorite like kid-friendly movies. Mm-hmm. I've ever seen. It's so funny. Obviously, I love a little kid who's obsessed with books. I mean, that was like, oh, I'm already you. in. You're Matilda. I want a wagon full of books that I go to the <laughs> library. That's like, yeah, more like that. <clears throat> so I was very, it was very precious to me. And then I was like, you know, musicals, I could take or leave sometimes. But this one was really good. I love the actors they got to play, the characters that I loved from the original. It was different the music was really good the dancing those kids are incredible dancers so i actually ended up really liking this it's very sweet touching you always gotta have a a, spoiler happy ending good i'm I'm okay with a happy ending if you didn't know once in a while but again i like a kid's movie that is not afraid to have some dark parts Mm -hmm. have some mean parts in it because you know i think we can take it 
I think we can too. So yeah, I really like that one a lot. I love it. Before we wrap up um, the segment today, so I've seen a lot of people really responding to the questions that we've been putting on yeah, our Instagram. It's been really so fun. Maybe we can start in future segments um, giving some shout outs or callbacks to people that are actually yeah. um, commenting on some of the stuff that we ask. And one of the biggest things that I got a little bit of poo about from my friends is <laughs> when we we're talking about our favorite music from movies. Yeah. Apparently we brush past so much from the 90s that I think we need to do an episode dedicated to nothing but music from movies that from came out 90s. in the 90s. I am all for it. All right. I love that we're taking requests. <laughs> we are too. I'm a DJ to- at heart. I take requests. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that way. There was an old a show on a different time of my life that I did where uh, Blythe was with me. Remember mm-hmm. that one? And But she was gone and I <laughs> had it all to myself and I got to do whatever I wanted. And I did a show just about training sequence songs from 80s martial arts movies. So specific. Real specific and yet such a wide variety to pull from. <laughs> All right. I think <laughs> I love that. And I do want to thank everybody who listens to the entire podcast. We've been getting some great feedback on ways to include you more in it. And so maybe next week we'll start talking about uh, our favorite listener comments. Yeah. Give you shout outs. Thank you to Justin Shady who listens to Cinebuds in Chicago for always being thoughtful oh, and sweet. That's great, Justin Shady. I met him years and years ago. He's not the real Slim Shady. No, no no one is. <laughs> uh, guys, did you know that our show is produced by someone? Kiri Salinas. That's right. Thank you to her. And also thank you to... Brett Newski. Yes. Because... He did our wonderful theme song. Indeed. We thank you so much. And we could not do this without the support of our members, both from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee and from Milwaukee Film. You guys are the best. We will see you soon. See you at the movies. Mm-hmm. Mm.